Journeying with Newman, The Path to Sainthood. Newman on the Blessed Virgin Mary. My name is Will Lamb. I'm an Anglican priest and the vicar of the University Church in Oxford, where John Henry Newman was the vicar from 1828 to 1843. I've taken a quotation from one of Newman's university sermons, preached at St Mary's on a passage from Luke's Gospel. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Little is told us in Scripture concerning the Blessed Virgin, but there is one grace of which the evangelists make her the pattern, in a few simple sentences, of faith. Zacharias questioned the angel's message, but Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. But Mary's faith did not end in a mere acquiescence in divine providences and revelations. As the text informs us, she pondered them. When the shepherds came and told of the vision of angels which they had seen at the time of the Nativity, and how one of them announced that the infant in her arms was the Saviour which is Christ the Lord, while others did but wonder, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Again, when her son and Saviour had come to the age of twelve years and had left her for a while for his father's service and had been found to her surprise in the temple, amid the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions, and had, on her addressing him, vouchsafed to justify his conduct, we are told, his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And, accordingly, at the marriage feast in Cana, her faith anticipated his first miracle. And she said to the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. In his Apologia, Newman speaks of his early devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary, in whose college I lived and whose altar I served. Newman was a fellow of Oriel, its proper name, the House of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Oxford, commonly called Oriel College. And, like me, he was the vicar of the University Church of St Mary the Virgin. And yet as we pass through the main doors of St Mary's day by day and look at the great statue of the Virgin and Child above the porch, it's easy to assume that this is an emblem of the Church's medieval past from before the Reformation. While Newman himself suggests that his devotion to Mary as an Anglican was an early indication of his path to Rome, it's perhaps worth remembering that this statue is a legacy of the Anglican Archbishop William Lord, and the Caroline Divines of the 17th century. Devotion to Mary has always been part of the Anglican tradition. It's reflected in the unchanging dedication of ancient churches like St Mary's, in the joyful singing of Mary's Magnificat at Choral Evensong. In the 17th century, Anglican writers such as Lancelot Andrews, Jeremy Taylor and Thomas Ken reappropriated from patristic tradition a fuller appreciation of the place of Mary in the prayers of the believer and the church. So in 1843, Newman preached a university sermon on the Feast of the Purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary, or Candlemas. It caused a huge sensation at the time, and St Mary's was packed. Newman meditates on Luke's words after the story of the presentation of Christ in the temple. Mary pondered all these things in her heart. 
Newman points out that these words suggest a pattern instantly familiar to any theologian, the pattern of faith seeking understanding. He says, Mary's faith did not end in a mere acquiescence in divine providences and revelations. She pondered them. She does not think it enough to accept. She dwells upon them. Not enough to assent. She develops them. That reason plays an active role in exploring the mystery of faith shows us that revelation does not refer to a supplementary packet of facts which God has handed over to be believed. Revelation refers to an unveiling, a disclosure, in which the human subject is an active participant. Divine revelation does not dispense with our capacity to understand. And as Newman's own thought develops, he recognises that the development of doctrine lies in an intensification of our capacity to understand the mystery of what has been revealed to us in Jesus Christ. This demands of us wisdom and intelligence, even study. Rereading his university sermons later in life, Newman believed that on the whole they were the best things he had ever written. Of course, he wrote and preached them as an Anglican, and yet he himself said, I cannot believe that they are not Catholic. His observation leaves us with an intriguing question. Are these sermons Anglican, or Catholic, or both?